don't you can tie a yellow ribbon around that oak tree because it is NH Unscripted. Hi, good morning, everybody. I am your Tony Orlando lookalike radio host, Ray <laughs> Dudley. We are coming to you from the Hindenburg-like digs high above Concord, the WKXL Studios, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and for you lovely souls in Manchester, 101.9 FM. And for those of you who have no idea what those numbers mean, you're probably looking for a URL. You can find us at nhtalkradio.com. We have archives. There's all these other great shows where you can go live. There's buttons everywhere out there. At the end of this show, go over there and check them out. In the studio with me this morning is Sal Prizio, executive producer. Director. Director, sorry. I'll take producer. All right, you want to give right. me producer? Of the fine. Capital Center for the Arts, is that correct? That's the one. Sal, give me a minute. I need to thank my gracious sponsor. Lakes Region Fence up there in Guilford. I love those guys. Matt and his crew do incredible work. Okay, look, folks. Thanksgiving's coming up. You need something to be thankful for. Take a look out your window. You see that old battered fence? Get rid of it. Eject it. Hey, Christmas is coming up. Wouldn't you like to get up in the morning, open up your present? And it's a fence. A fence. These guys do everything. Sports courts. They'll put things around your pool. They do wood, PVC. They do chain link. I, you know, you know the routine. You can head over to lrfence.com and actually scroll through hours and hours of pictures. I like to call it fence porn. Yes. <laughs> what a day. Get your favorite uh, partner, head out there to lrfence.com. There's a link where you can get a free estimate. Yeah, free estimate. Hey, it's the, that kind of season. And they will call you back. Matt and his crew up there, they are so good. They, uh, I'm telling you, I can't, I can't rave enough about them. Thank you, Matt, for sponsoring NH Unscripted. We appreciate you so much. Good morning, so. Good morning. I had a script, but uh, you made me burn it on the way in. What's up with that? <laughs> this guy's got an incinerator in here for all scripts. So. We are flying by the seat of our pants. All right, let's do it. Sal, executive director, how does that come about, of the Capital Center for the Arts? It's a, it's a long and weird journey. We have time. All right. Well, there's no, there's no one set formula to this thing. Um, but for me, it was uh, a, a young man who was a musician and spent the better part of 10 years in Do New we York. know this young man? Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Is he in this room? <laughs> he, he used to be. <laughs> He's an old man now. Um, he, uh, so I'm going third person on myself. I'm not that big a deal. Uh, so we'll pretend. I, I started out as a musician in New York City, and I worked in the record business during the day. So, yeah. So, you did? Yeah, I toured the East Coast, put out a few records with uh, my bandmates and things like that. Live, real LPs. Yeah, yeah. Are we talking CDs. like... Okay, yeah. okay. There's a generation there. That, yeah. Okay. Um, so did that, and uh, that was awesome. That was a great way to spend your 20s, but uh, when you're turning 30 and your first child's on the way, it's a little harder. So uh, I opened up a coffee house in upstate New York called Bread and Jam. Yeah. Live music venue. And uh, opened that up in uh, August of 2008. And do you remember what happened in September of 2008? I do, yeah. as a matter of fact. <laughs> 
Yeah. I was working like, at Fidelity. My, my timing was impeccable. Oh, my God. Um, but hung on for two years. And uh, though I lost that business, it allowed me to get the position at the College of St. Rose running their performing arts center, which is a small 400-seat room. And the work I did there allowed me to work at Proctor's being their director of programming for several venues. And I did that for the better part of seven years. <clears throat> and then post-pandemic, uh, I was uh, contacted by a recruiter who, is, who uh, was talking to me about the position here at the Capitol Center. And I really wanted to, I wanted my career to go to the place where I could actually be the executive director of an organization. And uh, I was thrilled. I loved the community and loved the board and uh, the staff is fantastic. The, the thing about the Capitol Center for the Arts that you don't see with a lot of PACs is um, the grassroots nature in which that organization was formed and still has it kind of embedded in its DNA. Can you can you elaborate on that? What, what do you mean by that, the uh, grassroots? <clears throat> well, I mean, that place in 95 was literally saved by the citizens. It wasn't mm. some huge donors that came in and, you know, kind of oversaw that operation. It was people literally getting pulled off the street to paint the ceiling and, and that sort of stuff. And it was a lot of bake sales and those sorts of things. The Capital Center for the Arts? Yeah. That, that space was saved by the citizens of Concord. I had literally. no idea. Yeah. I mean, they have a board and they had, you know, they had to bring in some people that would help with some of the bigger fundraising aspects of it. But for the most part, that was a lot of the people in the city just literally saving the space. Wow. And, you know, <clears throat> I tell people all the time, it's for a city the size of, you know, 45,000 people to have two thriving PACs downtown, never mind all the other music venues we have, um, is, is, is a nod to, it's the tip of the hat to the people's appreciation for live art. Because most cities that size don't have a venue the size of the CCA, never mind the second one with Bank of New Hampshire stage. Well, how were they being supported back then? What, what, I mean, if they, if they had to depend on the citizenry yeah. to come in and give them a hand, were, were they not, did they not have the big corporate sponsors? No, I, I mean, they, they were able to, to land a few key corporate people that helped them get the thing off the ground. But it really was, I mean, it was the citizens of Concord that really saved that space. And... You have to honor that, you know? You mm -hmm. have to understand that that's woven into the DNA of the space, and, and I try to, as best I can, to honor that as we move forward as an organization. Interesting, interesting. Go. I want to go back to your humble beginnings here. What type of music were you playing back then? Rock. Three-piece rock band. Like Kiss Rock? I mean, No, like, like I'd say more like... Megadeth? No, no, no. It was more like U2 kind of stuff, you know, oh. pop, you know. In a band? Or you soloing? No, no, no. It was a band. You did, Nate. Yeah, yeah. I played guitar and did the harmonies. I made my lead singer learn how to play bass, and so it was, you know, and then we had a great drummer, too, so... Now, you have an entrepreneurial spirit, apparently, because you said you opened up a... Coffee house. Coffee yeah. house. Yeah. Called Jam and Jelly? Uh, bre bread and Jam. <laughs> jam and Jelly worked, too. <laughs> can tell I pay attention. It's early for me. Um, so how did... How, you need a cup do, of coffee or something? I do. You're right. I need more than coffee, baby. Right. More than coffee. I'll get your croissant if you oh, want. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. Pez. We do Pez here. Pez. Oh, boy. Candy necklaces. I'm a throwback. Made in the heart of uh, the Nutmeg State, Connecticut. Is that Ho true? Home of Pez, yeah. What? I did not know that. I grew up in Connecticut. See, it's so. worth getting out of bed, is it not? I was born and raised in Glastonbury, Connecticut, so we have to hold pride for our little things that we have. We've got Michael Bolton and Pez. <laughs> <laughs> well, the things that pop up in the morning. Yep. All right, so you were saying- No, I was just talking about your entrepreneurial spirit. What did it take to run a place like that at that time? You know, uh, I, I had not run my own- 
place like that before. And so real, you just decided you wanted to I put together a what? business plan, put together, save some money and that sort of stuff. Went to the Chamber of Commerce, got a business, small business loan, the whole nine. Um, and really what I didn't realize at the time, my passion is for music and presenting and pr- promoting and producing uh, events. Um, but really when you open a coffee house, you're running a restaurant. And that's where... I didn't realize going into it. Oh, I see. I was in the restaurant business. Uh, and you don't realize that, you know, your biggest worry is the the fresh lettuce and uh, how much chicken you need for the lunch rush versus the what what time the band's showing up for sound <laughs> and that sort of stuff. Well, that would be a revelation, would it not? It's a, it was a hard-earned lesson. Wow, yeah. wow. So a lot of those skills carried over, you think, to sure. what you're doing now? Absolutely. I mean, it, you had to scale it up. I, you know, it's but. that classic thing that everybody tells you about, like, learn from your failures and move on. Right? Yeah. What I learned from that was is that I don't want to be in the restaurant business, right? But <laughs> I made- Neither the, does McDonald's. They're yeah. in the real estate business, right? That's yeah. what we hear. So, you know, what you learn from those things, too, is it's like, all right, I made great connections. It was kind to up-and-coming musicians. I expanded the palette of what was offered to that to the community and those sorts of things. The connections I made there, the positive vibe I created there, even though the business itself ultimately failed, allowed the president of the College of St. Rose, he had heard about me. <clears throat> he came down and checked out the space and liked the way I was running it and thought these might be transferable skills. He took a chance on me mm. because I'd never run a performing arts center before. Before we go too far, I do. Can you give out the information for the uh, Capital Center for the Arts website and all that stuff? Absolutely. Capital Center for the Arts is ccanh.com. I was out there this morning. That thing is jammed with information. Jam-packed. Jammed, really. It is. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> I thought I'd just take a quick look. Yeah, big mistake. Big yeah. mistake. I was out there for a long time. Um, so you you come to Concord. um and now you're offered this position. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you hear that? Yeah. Time flies when you're having yes, fun, right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. We have to dance our way to a next break. Here's your tap shoes, Sal. We're going to tap dance our way out. We're popping Pez like it's Tic Tacs. I am your host, Ray Dudley of NH Unscripted. We are coming to you from the not overly ostentatious digs of the WKXL Studios deep in the bunkers of Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and the blessed souls in Manchester, 101.9 FM, and we can be found at nhtalkradio.com. Sal and I are coming back because we got a lot to peel. and knock three times on the ceiling if you love us. We know you do. It's NH Unscripted, and I am your happy-to-be-out-of-bed host, Ray Dudley. I've escaped from the home at the applesauce and jello time. Hopefully they'll keep it cool for me till I get back. We are coming to you from the studios of WKXL in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. And for those of you who have no idea what I just said, go out to nhtalkradio.com. It's a URL. You know how to punch it in. Do it. And you can find us out there. In studio with me is Sal Prizio, Executive Director of the Capital Center for the Arts. And I was bugging him about transferring some skills over to his new position there. 
So how did that work? What? So when you came and they offered you the position, mm-hmm. what did you say, or, or did you look at what's going on and say, you know what, uh, we can improve here, or we need to bring this up here, we need to get these types of acts in here? Yeah. What what transpired All of there? It. Oh, all of it. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you really do, like, look, you try to take it from the position of not imprinting your ego into the situation, right? I try to remove myself from it and just look at the organization as a whole and where it's its strengths, what's its weaknesses, right? Well, its strengths, the Capital Center for the Arts has a wonderful brand that the community knows and the citizens know as a trusted place for them to see high quality entertainment. The things I saw was, we need to expand that to every citizen of the community. And one of the things I've been talking to the staff about since I got there was stop thinking about us as a venue. A venue is very transactional for people. They go in, they buy a ticket, they go see a thing and they leave. Mm -hmm. Think about us as a community service organization that focuses on the arts. All right. So once you start doing that, people start to create an even deeper relationship with your organization. We're a nonprofit, right? Yeah. And part of our mission as a nonprofit is to serve our community. And how can we best serve our community in the ways that we can serve our entire community? So that's when we start getting into things like you and I had talked about earlier about the culinary artist in residence program. We use all of our infrastructure in our spaces to best serve our community in the ways that we can serve them. So whether it's going out into the Heights and presenting music concerts for the folks on the Heights who have transportation issues. Wait, you do that? Yeah. We just started that this year. So we were uh, actually... Uh, the 18th is our third of three concerts that we have going on, and we present uh, multicultural concerts up on the Heights in the community center there. So we work with uh, the folks, obviously, with the city. Yeah. Um, Clint Close from the high school. Love you, Clint. He's yeah. a good friend. Yeah. He, him and his kids are doing all the sound for us. Oh, man. So we figured out a way to, to bring the music that people up in the Heights want to actually engage in. We removed all barriers to entry. It's free. It's up on the heights. There's no transportation issues. Come as you are. Enjoy the music. And it's, you know, we work with the Guile Foundation who helps us offset the cost to the artist. Obviously, the CCA is putting the whole thing together and that sort of stuff. But it's those ways you have to constantly think about. The CCA has this unbelievable apparatus to present all these different things. How can we maximize it for everybody? Dude, I am stunned. <clears throat> I, I mean that. That. That's breathtaking. Okay, let's walk this back just a little bit. You walk into this um, corporate culture, which is business-oriented. You said they considered themselves at the time a venue, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, Now you're presenting them with this this alternate type of thinking. They have to now change uh, how they view themselves. Well, it's. I, I would say this first of all. The, the CCA has never had its overarching corporate co- corporate culture to it. Okay. You know, they've always gone above and beyond to help serve the citizens of the area, whether it's the, the dance comps they do or the school outreach programs, those sorts of things. What I just tried to say is shift the mentality for the audience of thinking of us just as a venue and think of us as a community service organization. Because think about the when you give to great organizations that help, you know, the either the Payson Center for Children, you know, the, yeah. those sorts of things. There's a media attachment to doing good. And I want people in the community and our staff to feel good about the work we do out in the community. So how are you letting people know about this? Uh, by doing radio interviews like this. Ah. 
that um, great segue. We, 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 we've <laughs> been doing you. we've been doing some social media messaging with it yeah? as well. Okay, um, it's part of our annual appeals, those sorts of things as well. But you know, if you go to our website now, it says Capital Center for the Arts and nonprofit organization, and we do have some information on the website about it. I, I try not to be too, you know, I don't want to lean into it too hard because it's not. I'm not doing it for the press and the attention. I'm doing it because really at the end of the day, when you do good work, the positive energy and the, the positive feeling that people are going to have for you and the support that they're going to give as a result of it will follow, right? So I don't do this for the press headlines and that sort of stuff. We do it because it's the right thing and it's our role in the community to do it that way. Man, oh man. By the way, you have to do all it and then balance the books and all that sort of stuff too. There oh, is you have a, to balance your books too? There's a pragmatic reality to all of it. So <laughs> I don't sit there and just go pie in the sky. Let's go spend a bunch of money. It's how do we how do we find the right partners in the community that will support projects like this? Prime example, the, the stuff we're doing up on the Heights. Guile Foundation was willing to support us with this. Now the city of Concord liked what we were doing and they're going to come in as a supporter for us as well. So it allows us to facilitate those sorts of things to provide high quality entertainment to those folks who can't afford it. And it's also relevant to them. Man, rabbit hole alert, rabbit hole alert. This is not going where I thought it was going to go, but I'm so happy. How did you even think of that kind of a thing? Did you like sit around and have a brainstorming session and go, hey, let's pull it, our ideas? It's not It's not just me. It's the staff. You know, we all sit around. You can take credit. <clears throat> oh, sure. I'll take all the credit. <laughs> okay. So just, it's all my just me and you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to identify where the holes are, where the gaps are. And, and, well, know, somebody had to see the hole first. Yeah, so somebody like Jessica Livingston, who's my EDIA and outreach coordinator at the Capital Center, she works- EDIA meaning? Equity, diversity, inclusion, and accessibility. Thank you. She she is active in the community, and she knows exactly where the, the, the points are that we need to try to address things. And one of the things we keep talking about is like, unless you're going to get buses up there and bus people down to our venues, then- we have to figure out a way that we can entertain people up on the heights. You know, the new American community is thriving and they've got fantastic cultural resources. And how can we extend our mission to them? So we've got a community center up there. It's got a stage and a nice little room. Let's just do some shows up there. How is it being received? Uh, we just did one for uh, Deepawali, which is the festival of lights for the for the Hindu uh, religion, and it, it was so full we had to have other people out in the lobby area because it was packed. What? Yeah. How are they finding out? How do they know what's going on? So there? here's another thing that's really cool. So like when on the Heights, if you go to the African grocery store or the Indian store and that sort of stuff, we make posters, but we also work with people on the Heights so that the posters are in English and native language. Too. Brilliant. Yeah. So you got to meet people where they are, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think for me personally, it, it for me it's it's a personal thing because my parents were immigrants from Italy, and I understand firsthand what it's like to grow up in an immigrant household. So I, I live in both worlds, where I knew with like that that lifeboat of like everybody's culture. It was all tightly like my, all my cousins and everything, right? Very tight group knit of Italian folks, and the younger generation started to dip their toe in the water and kind of branch out into the American culture and we brought with us all the things that made our culture so great to, you know, to our, our areas and that sort of stuff. And I can see it now with the new American and the refugee population that's up there in the Heights. So for me, it's, it's very direct. 
So logistically, is it a nightmare? I mean, is it a lot? It has to be a lot of work to. What's, everything's to, a lot of work. <laughs> not this job. No, but here's the thing, right? Ideas are Sorry. ideas are. You know, ideas are easy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the implementation of yes, those ideas. So right. I can tell you just really quick analogies is uh, we came up with the idea for the Culinary Artists in Residence program, yes, right? Yes, yes. So we had two kitchens post-pandemic are just sitting empty. So again, remember from before, I don't want to be in the restaurant business. Right, right. Right. Why not provide opportunity for somebody who's yes, entrepreneurial, yes. up on the heights, who's looking to start a culinary business but doesn't have the means to, mm-hmm. okay? All that sounds great on paper. But somebody like Steve Martin, who runs all of our facilities, has to go through- Not the Steve Martin. Not that Steve okay. Martin. <laughs> Just want to make I have him on retainer. Um, <laughs> so somebody like Steve Martin, who's our director of facilities, he's got to go through all the rigmarole with the city to make sure all of the licensing and the inspections and all that sort of stuff. Meanwhile, Jessica Livingston's working with Petulo to do the business training and all that sort of stuff so that- you know, while we can cut a ribbon and it looks nice, and Petulo is now selling food out of her place, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. And they t- hang on, we have a fork in the road here. Yeah. We just took a deviation to a subject which I desperately wanted to talk to you about. But let's go there. So you have this culinary artist in, in residence. residence. Yeah. What does that actually mean when you say in? Re- <laughs> Dang it! Do you still have your jazz shoes on? <laughs> yes, sir. We're dancing our way into another break. We gotta pay some bills, and after fry up some bologna for my fried bologna sandwiches. I like the ones with the chips in them on the pookie roll. Mm. Yes, yes. You are listening to NH Unscripted. We are coming to you from the uh, fun house like digs of the WKXL Studio Bunkers. Deep in the city of Concord, 15, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. And for you folks in Manchester, 101.9 FM. And for those of you who prefer a URL, www.nhtalkradio.com. Sal and I are coming back because now we got a whole new thing we got to talk about. Here, she's acting happy inside her fancy home. Sal and I are riding in our taxi, taking tips and doing radio shows. We're going to leave it right there. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your ever-happy host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from deep, deep, deep in the bunkers of the WKXL Studios in Concord, 1450 a.m., 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and www.nhtalkradio.com. Get that out of the way. Sal. Yes, sir. Questions about this culinary artist in residence program. Yes. Can you tell me, you started to tell me how it came about, which was brilliant, by the way. That's, That's seeing lemons and making some lemonade. Yeah. How does an artist, a culinary or culinary for those of you who prefer it that way artists drink tea with your pinky up yes yes mm-hmm. <laughs> how does an artist find out about it what how what is the length of their stay there in the residency sure and then is there like turnover yeah so yeah there is ahead. i mean the idea is that it's supposed to be a residency not Correct. a permanent Thank thing you. so um the idea 
<clears throat> this this had been stewing for a long time. This idea, stewing. I yes. get it. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. Well, I'm good for a dad joke once in a while. We're here all week, folks. Yep. <laughs> Try the veal. Um, so <laughs> it had been brewing, stewing for a while. Um, Can't get away. So the idea, somebody like Batula Muhammad, she's she's got owns a farm. She has twelve children. She worked full time at uh, the with the. Dupree Hospitality. I mean, this is the, one of the hardest working human beings you'll ever see in your life. Wanted to start her own restaurant business. Now, somebody who's a new American, like twelve children, isn't a big enough business. I know. Good. I mean, you could God. have you could have a re- that many kids. You could have a restaurant and just feed <laughs> the children could. all day. Um, she, one of the hardest working human beings, the nicest people I've ever met in my life. But you know, Jessica had identified that this was somebody that there were roadblocks for them to start an actual restaurant business. Startup costs are astronomical. Never mind you get locked into a lease and everything else. And as somebody who opened a restaurant business and failed at it, I can speak firsthand of those struggles. So we said, first of all, she was the prime candidate for the first one, okay? She had a defined menu. She sold, um, she like, you know, started out selling just at all of the festivals and those sorts of things, but didn't have a permanent location to do so. she went through the small business development corporations, uh, small business training and those sorts of things to get all the business acumen she needed in order to do so. The way we set up the leasing process with them was basically on a net so that we made sure she covered everything she covered and we just take a small percentage to cover our utilities and those sorts of things. The benefit to us is that patrons come to our spaces and instead of getting usual fries and a hot dog concessions, now you've got you know, samosas and mandazi and all this. Hers is Somalian cuisine. Is that Yes, Somalian cuisine. And it is fantastic if you haven't had it. She's expanded the menu now. She's expanded her hours. But our idea with this was every one of these uh, folks that we work with, the culinary artists, 12 to 18 month residency. Got you. Okay. And about half to two thirds of the way through, we're going to go out into the community and try to identify the next person, make sure they go through the training process so that when... Um, she leaves, we can have the next person come in and take over. So you don't have like a drawing where they <clears throat> potential no. people can put in their... No, right now it's been a little bit more, I don't want to call it informal, but personal than that, where yeah. we're just trying to identify who are the people who are trying to do it, but they can't. Because, well, how do you find those people? Well, that's They're like off the radar to begin with. No, well, it's they're just not on the your okay. radar, right? right? They're on Jessica's radar, and Jessica works tirelessly with the communities the refugee, the new American population uh, communities to understand, get to know people and just really spit. That's the stuff I'm talking about. That's the, that's the time that it takes. It's the hard work that needs to be done in order to identify, well, who's the one, right? Yeah. And there's dozens of folks like that up on the Heights that are either starting this market or that sort of thing. And you know, the, the structures by which we've built that you have to get into business in this country are very hard. I know. I and you know. get locked in. And uh, I was a victim of, you know, five-year lease. I was two years in and the business didn't work. What are you going to do with a five-year lease at yeah. that point? So this helps at least put the bumpers on the, the bowling alley until they can throw strikes on a regular basis. So where do they go from there then? Do you help them afterwards? I mean, yeah. are they? Are you assuming that they will take their business, so, their restaurant to Interestingly it? enough, there's been enough... Um, of the banks in the area who have now found interest in this and want to help them with loans and those sorts of things. So really? Continue. Yeah, because good work follows good work. They see the good work that's going on here, and we just want to lead by example. Like, just do the thing the best we can, 
and other people are seeing it and they want to be associated with that. And that's a good thing. But the benefit for us, again, is now me as a citizen of Concord, I can go get a great hamburger across the street at Vibes. Or if I want some awesome Somali food, I can go get some awesome Somali food. Wait, so what are the... Are they open during the day? They're not just there for yeah. shows. No, during the day, too. What? Yeah, so, and she just started doing the um, the grub hubs and those sorts of things, too, so you can order online. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Batulo's wait, Kitchen. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking this is happening only during performances. No, 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 no. No, if you go to the Bank of New Hampshire stage anytime yeah. Wednesday through Sunday, and during the after 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you just walk right in. There's a concessions area there, and her kids are there working with her and selling. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm telling you, the food, ugh, her chicken wings are just to die for. I love chicken wings. Yeah. Some, like, well, and a lot of other things. but Mendazi are like these, like they're almost like beignets. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's like a fried donut. Oh, God, I'm in. Samosas are like, samosas are like, you know, it's like a meat pie kind of thing. It's just, oh, it's so good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Beats the jello and applesauce I get at the home. Oh, I'm telling man. You. Oh, man. So what are the facilities like there then? The, the kitchen facilities. So we have the kitchen facilities to, to work for this. Yeah. It makes, it, it makes sense. You have a full commercial kitchen. Yeah. We have two full commercial kitchens. Two. Yeah. One has a concessions-facing window to it, and that's the one she sells out of. And then we have the other one down the street, which is more of a catering kitchen. Yeah. And if she needs to do any deep frying and stuff like that, she'll do it down there and then bring it up the street. Wow. Yeah. Dude, I am blown away. But again, it's service to the community of Concord, so it's cool new food. Yeah. It's great for our patrons, and it's also allowing... Uh, Batulo to have this opportunity, which she's fully earned. Does she get a lot of foot traffic? She gets decent foot traffic during the day. Yeah, she gets unbelievable catering, um, and then she sells at all our shows too. So she does catering as well. Yeah, and she's. Uh, I know that she's working on her next step. Is she wants a food truck? Oh man! Oh man! Oh yeah. man! This is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, so you 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 have somebody, Jessica. She mm-hmm. goes out and she kind of minds the community for the next, uh, what she hopes to be big. She's content. ensconced in the community. Ensconced? She, yes. Ooh, well, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so she's got her ear to the... She knows the pulse. Wow. Yeah. So has she come up to you with the next, what you think might be the next? Can you talk about that? The next uh, either... Petulos? Oh, the next Petulos. No, we don't know who that is yet. We've got a few candidates in mind, but I've hmm. got to keep it secret. Hmm. Hmm. All right. And that won't happen anyways till next summer. So. Oh, my gosh. you got to enjoy Petulo's while she's in her space. So Does she have a website as well? Do you know what happened? Yeah, Petulo's it? Kitchen. Oh, okay. That's pretty simple. But I think it's Petulo'sKitchen.com. Okay. All right. Yeah. Shout out to her. Yeah. So um, let's, uh, since we're now talking about the uh, Bank of New Hampshire stage, um, tell me, what was the impact of COVID on that uh, facility. Oh, well, the the timing of being able to open that space really, they did a soft opening in the summer of 19, right? And mm-hmm. then it really kicked off more in October of 19. And we all know what happened in March of 20. We do. So that space is still to this day being introduced to the, to the community, right? The number, oh, I see what you mean. The yeah, number yeah, yeah. of people I've talked to when they walk in there go, wow, I've never been in here before. It's yeah. Like, all right. Well, we lost two years because of that. So- COVID had a dramatic impact. I mean, on our industry as a whole. Yeah, I mean, right. You just couldn't do what you do in person. But I do think the positive that came out of it is the reminder of the importance of getting together 
with your fellow human beings in the space. Ooh, well said. And enjoying the same thing at the mm-hmm, same time. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have to make any special accommodations during that time? To, were you still having performances at all? Well, yeah, they did. They did streaming performances. They, I wasn't here oh. yet. I came. I came in uh, uh, November of twenty one. Okay. So right at Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> Phase three. Yeah. Um, so they did streaming. Okay, that, I get that. Streaming had minimal impact yeah you know it's like you try things and you know it works as well as it can work yeah That's yeah, yeah yeah god is it oh my god okay we're switching we're taking off the jazz suit uh, shoes we're putting on the white jazz gloves shake your hand sal we gotta go into another commercial break because we got some more bills to pay you are listening to nh unscripted I am your host, proud, proud host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the neverly over-ostentatious digs of the WKXL studios in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Yeah, those are radio coordinates. Get it? Get it. 101.9 FM for the beautiful souls in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com if you're a webite. Yeah, go out there in 15 minutes. Not yet. Sal and I got more chatting to do. Deputy Dog, you are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your ever-handsoming host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the exquisitely upholstered studios of WKXL, deep in the heart of Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Yeah, those are radio station things. You got a little buttons on you. Never mind. 101.9 FM in Manchester. And if you need a URL, nhtalkradio.com. But I'm guessing you already knew that. Sal Prizio, executive director from the Capital Center for the Arts. He has stories. He comes in here with like a bucket full of them, a 55-gallon drum. And I'm just trying to weed through them. Sal, the Bank of New Hampshire stage. Give me a little bit of overview for someone who doesn't know. And I know you got retractable seats. There's all kinds of stuff going on down there. Yeah, it's... it. So again, that space was open in 2019. It's because it has retractable seats. We, it's kind of a club. It's a rock club. It's something you would expect to see in the heart. Like of, a headbanger thing? No. Oh, right. so they, <laughs> no. Just see where I go. You can go see a great Tom Petty tribute in there. And, I saw know. that online. Yeah. Um, Dueling pianos. I saw that online. Yeah, but the the vibe in that room is something I would expect to see like in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Really? It's real. Oh, yeah. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous room, and every band that's come through that space absolutely loves playing that room we've had the state-of-the-art sound lights the way the room is set up the vibe of it the exposed brick on the sides all that you know i love the juxtaposition of the modern technology right against the historical architecture yeah that's that's what works for me you know i'm so impressed by the marquee i didn't mean to interrupt you there but it's so retro-ish looking yeah it's just and it's It's timeless yeah it's timeless oh you can't miss it no it's gorgeous at night yep Man, there's oh certain man. styles that yeah. doesn't matter what decade you're in. Yeah, you're just like that still works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that Art Deco vibe just 
I don't know, doesn't look ever look tired and old to me. So the, the acts or performers who come there, how, how are the digs for them out back? Like their green room and all that stuff. Oh, they love the green room They there. do. Yeah. I mean, it's not as upholstered as this lovely studio. Oh, no, that's hard to pass yeah, up. Yeah, it's polyester as far as the eye can see around here. <laughs> but uh, no, no, they are, they, you know, clean, new, nice. They, they love the fact we have a shower in there for them. So it's like. Yeah, we get a shower here. Oh, well, right. it's a hose, actually. Is it back, upholstered but. as well? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the acts that come in there. What, what are some of the most popular? And then what are some that you're like, mm, we tried it, kind of didn't work? Uh, if that's possible. No, it, no, it is. You know, the tributes do well in that space. Um, I think some of the more named artists, the artists that you know about, you know, we just had Tom Rush in there that, that crushed. You know, that when by crushed, I mean, it did well. Yep. Um, just trying to keep the- <laughs> Old folk lingo here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it did, you know, so I think people really like the intimacy of the room. So when we do some more of that singer-songwriter kind of stuff where people are just like right there in their living room, listening to an artist tell the story, whether through song or through spoken word in that, they like that comedy does great in that space. Um, you know, we have been experimenting with other things too. Like we're doing family dance nights where you bring the kids, it's not night, it's during the day, you bring the little ones to get the, the wiggles out kind of thing. Yeah. And, and they, uh, they dance their, their faces off and parents can go have a nice, you know, mimosa and stuff like that. Huh. <clears throat> In the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, mommy's little helpers. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought that? You know, I, we try a little bit of everything in that space. I'm trying to think of what really doesn't work. Um, it's not really that anything doesn't work. We try to tinker with things that didn't sell well and see, is there a way that we can make them sell well? Because again, speaking to the mission, how do we service everybody in our community? So what type of a thing has difficulty in there? You know, we actually stopped doing the National Theater Live in there because- You did? We used to do NTL. Well, you do the opera thing We too, do the right? opera. The opera still works. Okay. But NTL started the doing- The opera still works. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Depending on what opera it is. Oh, the, sorry, Kat. I didn't mean to insult opera. <laughs> the, the hits for opera, the Met, still sell really well in that space because people actually like the sit in a seat or huge, you know, high definition screen we have in there and the sound system we have. NTL stopped working because NTL started doing direct subscriptions to your home. Oh. So it didn't make sense for us to do it anymore if you can just watch it in your house. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get that. But <clears throat> so people actually pay. To go and watch mm -hmm. an opera. It's live. Yeah. In like New York or somewhere or London yeah. or wherever they do opera. You can yeah. tell I'm well cultured. Um, and they'll go sit. Is it, is it just like, I mean, I can't. I'm trying well, to wrap me, my I'll head tell around you what, what the, that experience would be. With it, it's really interesting because not only do you see the cool thing that the Met Live does, that if you're at the Met itself during the performance, you see the performance and yeah. then between acts, the curtain's closed, right? Whereas the, what the Met does will take you backstage when you're watching the Met. Brilliant. So you get to see some of the behind the scenes things going Brilliant. on. Brilliant. And our patrons love that part of it. Wow. So what, do you put the seats out? Do you retract oh, yeah, yeah, them? Yeah, what yeah. what what kind of an for, atmosphere for is that? For the Met, it's fully seated. It is. Yeah. That, which is four something? Four uh, 296. 296. Yeah. Is that the maximum that holds? No, when you put the seats away, yeah. it's 424. 424. Got you. Got you. Now you do... Um, I saw you do, you have live theater, Theater Kapow, mm -hmm. T Kapow, they, yep. they do a lot there now. Um, is live theater as well accepted there as it might be in like 
you know, the palace or? Uh... Um, I would say, you know, so the palace focuses on musicals, mm-hmm. right? And there's always been a big audience for musicals. Yeah. The thing I really like about Theater Kapow and what they're doing is it's challenging, forward-thinking work. They're incredible. Right? So they're it's- incredible. It was never designed for a mass audience kind of thing. Right. But it's very high quality. And it's something I think it's important for us to present to the community. So that's one of the reasons why we formed a partnership with them. Mm. You know, they, they tackle very difficult subjects and they do it in a very powerful and informative way. They're incredible. They're and absolutely incredible. I, that's not to take anything away from any other theater right. company and that sort of stuff. I just, I enjoyed that niche. And when I saw them do a performance in our space, I go, oh, this is something I would have saw when I lived in New York City. Like, this is some of that off-Broadway, like real. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's heavy, sometimes it's not, but right. it's always challenging to your kind of thought and society. And yeah, and it's it's high caliber. Yeah, I mean, it's just high caliber. It, yeah. It's really what they do. I've seen some of their work. They have a play coming up called the Thanksgiving Play. I saw that. So, so it's really it's funny. It's a comedy, right? Well, it is. Yeah, and it's about teachers who are very forward thinking and trying to wrap their brains around how to do a Thanksgiving play at school. So it's actually, in some ways. It makes fun of progressives trying to be as progressive as they can be. <laughs> and it's a way for, you know, as myself, as a progressive, for us to laugh at ourselves and trying to do the right thing, but being ludicrous in the sense of doing the right thing. Yeah. The Are time. they the only theater group that you have in there? <clears throat> no, we'll work with other theater groups for sure. Um, and we have um, RB Productions who does oh, the yeah. summer shows with oh, us yeah. in the big room. So, um. So when a how, first of all, how does a company get in touch with you if they want to bring their act through, or they have to go through the CCA? Yeah, we, they do. all our contact information is on the website okay. ccanh.com. Thank you very much. You're welcome. He is good. The yeah. man is good. Have you had any crazy requests from a group? You know the stories about the, the M and M's and the, the green room yeah, requests. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The new one that's been coming more and more often now is they want us to go to the SBCA and get a puppy for the day so that they can play with a puppy or a kitten in the green room and then we return it to the SBCA afterwards. <laughs> We're seeing more and more of that one. You're killing me. <laughs> That's a real thing. That's a real thing. So they can play with a puppy or a kitten backstage. Uh, I, oh my God. Well okay. intended. Well, <laughs> but <laughs> Okay, so now we got to send a runner over to the yeah. SBCA with a crate and everything else. And, uh, who picks out that animal? Who's got to get the wee-wee pads for the dr- green room and everything else? <laughs> the snacks. Think of what the logistics of this is going to be. That's one of those things that's, yeah, it's cute, but there's a lot of work behind it. Yeah, which seemed to me like it would be. It would be, oh my God. Have you had any like requests that you just like, no, we, we just don't don't even ask us that kind of a question. Um, Yeah, but that's usually like in regards to like, they want us to take down our entire sound system and put up the one that they want. And it's like, we're not doing that. Really? Either. Yeah. You know, there's some, I mean, we have state-of-the-art sound systems in both spaces, but some artists were like, we only use this one. And it's like, okay, that, but if we can't do it, then we can't do it. But, yeah. Right? Those are things you have to kind of negotiate. Where's the load-in for that? Is it the, on the side of the... Which which space? Of the, the bank. Make an interesting stage? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, if you go in that little alleyway, there's... Yeah. A, oh. That, that space, the requests are much lower. Got it's yeah. a smaller room. People understand. It's the big room that you get some of the crazy requests on stuff. <laughs> Huh. I never would have thought. I, I need a puppy. Can you get me a puppy for a few hours? Yeah. Okay. You want a puppy? We'll get you a puppy. 
<laughs> so accommodating. Yeah. So what are some of the best received? Let's talk about the Bank of New Hampshire for now because it's yeah. smaller. What are some of the most well-received acts that come through there? And are they, they come back? Is it like a one and done or do you bring them back every year? Yeah. No, no. It's well-received means different things to different audiences, oh, right? Okay. So, so like I said to you before, the, the singer-songwriter stuff does really well for a certain set of us. Our author series that we have going on has been doing fantastically Wait, well. talk about that. I didn't know there was one. So we work in partnership with Gibson's uh, Bookstore. Yeah. And they, they get some of these authors coming through on tours and that sort of stuff. And or we get them ourselves and we do like a talkback session with an author who's promoting a book. People love that. But that, that works for a certain audience, yep, right? And then right, there's another right, audience. Right. And then the jam band audience is a huge audience for us. And the younger folks come out for that one. Jam, jam band? Yeah. You know, think about jazz with electric guitars. Okay. No. Do you hear? Is that no, it? that's it. We're done? Can, yet. CCANH.com. Thank you. Go to CCANH.com. Sal <laughs> Prusio, executive director, the CCA. Man, man, I can't believe Ah, oh, what a great job. You have been listening to NH Unscripted. You can be we can be found live uh, Wednesday and Friday mornings, 9 a.m. WKXL 1490 AM 103.9 FM. Manchester, 101.9 FM. Hey, now you can go out to nhtalkradio.com, find the archives, go look and listen to all the other stuff live here. I'll see you in another time, Sal. Thank you. Thank you. Man, quick.